you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mark Granger. Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you being here, man. So, Mark, before we get into the show, would you mind telling the audience a little bit about who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? Absolutely. When I was, it was probably in August, it was a mid-August day in 1979. And actually, I take that back, 1977. And I was out uh, on a boat with my dad off the coast of Homer, Alaska. This is where I was born and raised. And we were halibut fishing. And... Um, you know, it was a beautiful day. The water was like glass. There was mountains all around us. And um, we're sitting there and a, a whale begins to kind of circle around the boat a couple hundred yards out. And pretty not, pretty common occurrence in Alaska. So we're just enjoying watching the whale. Pretty soon the whale turns its trajectory right towards the boat. And I'm just kind of watching it from afar, you know, just uh, just kind of seeing what's going to happen. And it's now 150 yards away. Now 125 yards away. I'm like, Dad, that whale is coming right for the boat. So we're all reeling in as fast as we can. And now it's 100 feet away. Now 50 feet away. And then it just goes completely silent. And, you know, as a nine-year-old boy, I'm like, is it going to sink the boat? Right? And uh, the whale came right, right up to the boat. I was able to literally look down into its blowhole. It went under the other side of the boat and came up the other side. Uh, with a big left eye staring at me, my heart's all, <laughs> and it just kind of sunk down and swam away, and I never saw it again. So as a nine-year-old boy, I thought that was an just amazing experience, and it truly was. But as I got older and I started reflecting on that, Mads, what I started seeing is that all living things have a desire, a uh, a curiosity to connect. And so my whole life has really been around learning how to communicate so that we can make a connection, specifically through marketing and through the way that we choose to run our business consciously as leaders. And so I think it's really important. My wife and I, we work with frustrated women leaders who love speaking and we show them how to overcome that self-doubt uh, that keeps showing up because you might be making, you might, your business might be, you know, at a you know, few hundred thousand a year, it might be crossing a million or more. And you still are always running up against the same kind of things in your own heart. So we help you be able to come to um, to understand how to speak. We've had uh, most of our clients, we've had over 3,000 women come through our programs and they've generated over $51 million getting on some of the biggest stages in the world, including TED Talks, Tony Robbins, Good Morning America. And so what we're really there for is to help women leaders be able to put some voice to their frustrations and monetize their frustration to turn their mess into their message. Awesome. That sounds great. That sounds great. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, by nature, I'm a super, super duper introvert. And it wasn't until I discovered the, the beauty of management when I was about 18 that I started realizing that, you know, if you want to be successful in well, I should say anything, but particularly if you want to be successful managing other people, it's all about, you know, relationships and communication and so on and so forth. So I can, I can, 
yeah, I, I wish it was a natural tendency of mine. That would definitely make <laughs> life easier. But uh, I've I've had to work very hard uh, on it. But again, you you appreciate the skill more when you get to right. struggle through and it. I think you touched on something very important for entrepreneurs: is that there's there should always be something that we're working on as an entrepreneur because we start to see how they get in the way of us being more efficient as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as marketers. And so I think that's, I think what I have seen and my wife and I have seen, because we run our business together, is that, you know, business is the ultimate, I mean, it's personal development on steroids. It is no easy, it is no easy road. You are choosing to grow and you're choosing to put yourself where you will grow and you have to address the things you least likely want to address and look at within yourself. Yeah, And that's I, what I love about that's what I love about entrepreneurship is you've got to you've got to learn how to do the inner work. Totally, and and I mean I personally I, I kind of started more from a management aspect, but I, I read more than five hundred books as example, right? And and uh, it it's uh, totally right. I mean I I think I think personal development is key. The the one thing I would say is that I I think many people I see make the mistake of constantly developing weak areas instead of developing stronger areas and, and nice yes particularly in terms of communication i i break that rules but in most cases i generally always try and focus on developing strength rather than weakness but there is certain things so that that's actually a, a, one of my favorite books is called what got you here won't get you there get you there yeah. uh, and that's an awesome book because so so basically conceptually the way i look at it is that if something is really holding your back, if it's a weakness that significantly holds you, your back, such as, for example, poor communication skills, that is something you have to work on, right? right. However, most weaknesses aren't necessarily holding your back. They are something you can kind of work around instead, right? But but if it's weaknesses that significantly holding your back, and that, that could be things like, you know, you can't control, your, you feel you can't control your temper or the fact that, you know, if you absolutely cannot stop talking and let other people talk or things like that, right? Like if there's things that are really, really holding you back from being successful, then yes, you definitely need to work on them, even though it's a weakness. But otherwise, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in working on things that you're, that's sort of natural strength for you. Right? That's wisdom there. I hope your listeners really take that to, to, uh, to Creed because what I find, uh, you know, what I find is that entrepreneurs that if you're working on trying, if you're always working on trying to fix what's broken, just listen to that context that you're coming from. You're coming from this context that I need to be different. I have to, I have to change. Uh, and that can be, that can be a, that can be a very stuck state, a locked area. So when you focus on, okay, what are the things that I do well that I want to get better at? It's a better inner game psychology. It just plays towards more of getting more of what you want. You still do need to address the things that might be getting in your way, like stopping a behavior or beginning a new behavior. Um, but I think you're exactly right. If, it, if you can focus on the things that you do well to make them great, you're way happier and far more functional. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think, I think fundamentally that's, I, I mean, for me, pe people look at it differently, but, but at least to me, happiness is, is key, right? I, I believe fundamentally, when you look in most businesses, one of the key things that you see is that people who don't perform are generally not happy in most of their life. And that what, what I translate that to is generally people who have a job that doesn't necessarily fit their, whether it's their skill set or their personality, if they have a job where they're not performing well, that rubs off into the rest of their life, 
right? So if you feel you're spending a significant amount of time in a job that you're not good at, you know, that does not make you feel good. That does not make you happy. And that is a, it's a shame spending a, a big proportion okay. of your life in that situation, right? Right, right, agreed. And that's, I mean, when I look at people in general, I see one of the biggest issues I see is the fact that people don't understand themselves well. So many people take either educations or jobs that just doesn't fit their natural tendencies, right? Which is for me a, a big shame. Um, and I, I mean, I've been in several educational institutions, right? And when you understand human behavior, and like I've been a couple of times walking to classes of developers and, you know, you can very quickly, if you know a little bit about behavior, you can very quickly point out a couple of people and say, these people will never ever be great developers. Uh, right. and, and it's such a shame that they're allowed into such educations in the first place, because it ends up either one being a waste of time and money in some places and uh, otherwise if 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 not that then at least it's you know it's not helping them grow their their confidence it's not helping them grow as an individual by right. focusing on stuff they're not good at right agreed agreed and it, it just reminds me about entrepreneurs that are like oh i don't know how to do bookkeeping so let me sit down and spend five thousand hours trying to figure out how to do bookkeeping right equally silly so but yet, I think I think it's I think I think that people have a tendency. We've been taught that you've got to do it all on your own, you know, self-made man or self-made woman. And so there's really this in school. In school, you're taught to be a really great employee, which means you follow the rules. But entrepreneurs learn follow a different set of rules. They they want the result. They don't really care about the process. So like in school, if you need a if you need to know the answer, it's against the rules to overlook the shoulder and and look at the other person's answers. But that's really smart as an entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur, I, if you have the answer, I'm going to look on your paper because it now allows me to get my result. It's just that simple rule in our mind. We go through this employee mentality through, through the world, not realizing how we have been trained to give away our power and not just get the result that we need to get done. When I know it comes to management, that can be frustrating. And uh, I mean, you say entrepreneurs, but that's just as relevant in management. And my, my analogy is similar, right? Basically, the way I the way I typically say it is that in school, you learn that you have to do your own homework. And reality is in school, there's a lot of people that's like, hey, you know, you're great at math and I kind of suck. You know, do you want to do my homework? And there's a lot of people who have the capacity to do that. And when they do it, if it's ever found out, it's thrown upon. But right. in life, if you can get other people like what matters exactly as you say is you get the result how you get there is not as important and and reality is in, in as a manager or as, a, as an entrepreneur the goal is how can you get to the result with as little of your input as possible so yes. so it's it's totally opposite of the concept of school which is one of the reasons why most entrepreneurs are not big fan of the whole school system in general right so. agreed Excellent. Well, Mark, you, you've mentioned messaging a little bit and, and how to communicate and so on. You, do you want to tell me a little bit more about sort of your thoughts of, of sure. around that in, in a business sense? Sure. Words are powerful. Um, they seduce lovers. They start wars. So the words that you use are far more important than any kind of deplo deployment channel. So whether you're going to be on YouTube or you're going to be on any of the social media channels or you're going to be on a radio station or a TV station or direct mail. 
what matters is what you say. Message is king or queen. It is what is matters. And when you think a little bit about that, if you change what you say, you change your life. I mean, we all know one of the first things to really start to change when we're feeling down is if you look in the mirror and start talking about yourself in a positive way and using more powerful words. When you use more powerful words in your mind, you begin to step into your own leadership. When you use more powerful words in your messaging and in your marketing, you begin to attract, you begin to attract people in a different way. And so a business model should be based all around, um, or your marketing model, business model should be based around primarily your message first. Uh, and are you able to be the face of your business? Are you called to be a messenger who, who wants your business to stand for something bigger than making money? When you put these things together, you now have a message that attracts people. So we, we show people how to use speaking, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, on a camera, in video, video form, or on stage to get clients so that it becomes an attraction of, for you to get clients through the words you use and the stories that you tell. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've, again, despite being a super introvert, I've done a lot of public speaking over the last 12 years or so. And I, I think it's probably the biggest game changer, uh, particularly when you're not naturally great at communication. I think, right. I mean, one thing is being able to stand on a stage, but even simple things like using more effective body language, uh, also learning to be effective with speech, right? Like I'm, I'm naturally a person that talks a lot in big blocks of text. And the thing is, when you have to be on stage, you learn that you, you need to, yeah, really compromise a bit with, with what you right. want to say and really find like the, an effective way to say it with fewer words. Right. Yeah. Economy of words are huge. And what I want everyone to understand is some people think, well, you know, I'm not really a speaker, but if you're a business owner, you're a leader and leaders are speakers. And so anytime that you are in front of the room, it's an opportunity to either showcase your leadership or to showcase your lack of leadership. And so your ability to speak, and I, especially to women, uh, my wife and I really gear this towards women, your ability to take the mic and speak and in 30 seconds, put some kind of energy into the room that lets people know who you are, what you stand for, what you offer, the problem that you solve, and you do that in an entertaining way. It is a game changer. It instantly elevates you in an entire room as someone who needs to be spoken to, sought out, found, and worked with. And so I, I, that's what I want everyone to really understand is it's more than a 30 second elevator pitch. It's an understanding of how to articulate the message that's deep inside your heart. And that needs to be pulled out of you. Very seldom is that something someone can come in on their own. They're like, they feel this thing and they're marketing their message, the way they're talking about their business, the way they're even talking to their teams. If something's not resonating, they don't feel like they're communicating what's inside of them. When you find that message and you begin to communicate it, there is just this, this aura that comes from your heart that really connects with people. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think, uh, again, it, it, as you say, I mean, it's not just about being a leader from my point of view, but it's, it's like you, you want to inspire people, right? If you want to be a leader, if you want to be a manager, if you want to be a business owner, you need to inspire people around you. And that doesn't matter if it's customers who you inspire to why they should get your product or your service or whatever. 
it's your employees. Like, why should they work for you? Why should they want to do a good job? Like, what are they working towards? What's their goals, right? And and fundamentally, even even all your friends around you. Like, why why are you why should your friends be friends with you, right? Like, what what do you stand for? Who are you, and so on, right? Yeah. So when when you look at when you look at the ability to communicate and the ability to be seen as a leader, it just helps you get so much more done. And the thing is, is the thing is, man, is the same process to get your team to buy in is the same exact process to get your, your, your ideal client to purchase your product. The, the persuasion, the persuasion equation isn't the influence cast a spell over you, make you do what I, what you don't want to do feeling. It's, it's a connection of inspiration where people are in spirit to do the things that they're called to do and to do the things that allow them to move the initiative, the vision forward. So the ability to talk about a vision, the ability to understand how to create a carrot, not necessarily a stick, but understand the whole concept of our motivation is a towards and it's away from. It's towards our goals, it's towards pleasure, it's away from pain. And when you can incorporate that into how you speak, now you're incorporating an automatic uh, inspiration kind of um, operating system behind your your leadership communication yeah yeah and i think that's critical i mean pretty much every single major company if you go and look at their internal employee satisfaction surveys any companies with more than five thousand employees worldwide will generally tell you the same thing communication sucks and it's a why do you think that is so so basically, my 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 key observation have been the fact that people communicate differently. So some are keen on written communication, some are keen on verbal communication, etc. So that the challenge is the leader always have a certain kind of communication that and that typically doesn't fit everyone. All right, because if you're very much a spoken guy and you like talking to people, but you're managing and leading people who much prefer written communication, then you need to be definitely aware of that and you need to definitely compensate for that purposely. And I think a lot of people and many leaders in general that don't do it with purpose, but just do what they think they should do, often fail to cover both ends of that spectrum. But also, again, I mean, obviously, the better you are at speaking, the better you are at communicating, the the stronger it will come true as well. Right. Well, I also think that part of that communication as well, Mads, is you've got to also know how to, you've got to know how to collide with people. Um, you know, you've got to know how to confront in a way that's firm, but fair uh, in a way that, um, and it's always challenging. I don't think it's ever something that gets, that, that, that's comfortable, uh, but you get better at, you get better at holding that line uh, and get better at holding people accountable to a better way. I know with our team, it can be so easy, especially, you know, in our world of the coaching world and digital marketing world, it can be chaotic. The the team, what they're having to do in the way of build funnels and backup systems, and it's just so complex and it becomes this hair on fire, almost toxic energy, uh, the online digital space that requires just all this back end work. You got to understand how it all works together. So the animal itself is just so stressful and there's so much that uh, a, 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 um, a manager or a leader has to go through on learning how to develop your skills to connect with that team and to drive that team. 
Um, and it can be heartbreaking, it can be overwhelming. And leadership and management can be something that causes people to like, I'm never going to work with people again. I'm going to just get in my own silo and do my own thing because uh, management is hard and people, people don't know how to handle the ups and downs of relationships. I probably have, I would say 50 to 60% of the clients that come to me say the exact sense of, I don't like managing people. Can I just hire someone to do it for me? Like I hear it over and over and over again. And literally all it takes is a day or two of training. Like the, the problem with management and leadership training in general is, is very simple. People aren't used to getting any. Like most people in a company, it's like, well, you get at this thing. Now you're the manager for that department. They show up on Monday morning and they're like, oh, now I'm the manager. And that's basically the training, right? It's like, and then the boss is like, oh, my door is open if you have any questions. And they're like, well, I don't want to ask questions because I've just been promoted and I don't want to seem stupid. So, you know, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll stay silent. And uh, that, it, unfortunately, that is the way it works in most companies. And, and that is that is why I'm, what I'm trying to combat, right? And I spend a lot of time both training managers and, and also people within business, but also business owners, right? But but the fundamental, like that lack of, of, of sort of development and support is critical because as you said, like getting into a leadership role, in most cases, it's not something you've been trained for, right? Like people are trained in skills, they're trained in jobs. And unfortunately, even the ones that I've met that have gone through a leadership education, uh, the, the challenge is leadership is often not an education, right? Um, so a shame sometimes. What about, before we kicked off, you also talked a little bit about sort of inner game and, and spirituality in particular. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how you look at that tying into leadership? Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit before about the challenge of entrepreneurship. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's also the, the challenge of leadership. It, it's very similar. You're dealing with people. And, you know, A Course in Miracles is a big course of study, is a big force of study for me. I've been a, a student of A Course in Miracles for almost 30 years. And one of the biggest lessons that I've taken from that is that relationships are assignments. So as a leader, you, are, you attract, you're attracting just in, in general, from this perspective, you are attracting the people into your life to remove the barriers to love. So as a business owner, we have a plethora of emotions, but in reality, we only have two. We have fear or we have love. So if it's not love, it's some sort of fear. That could be anger, that could be rage, that could be uh, a whole host of emotions. If it's not love and joy, then it's fear. And when you understand that, then you start to see that people are coming into your life to heal those parts of us that are in fear and not in love. And so as a business owner, I think it's critical. As a manager, it's critical to understand how these relationships are coming into your life and what are they for. When you can look at yourself as the source of everything that's going on in that relationship and it's a reflection of you. So you might have an employee that is having an issue with time management. More than likely, somewhere in your life, you are not taking managing your time in the way that you need to. Uh, there's a parallel. There always is going to be a parallel uh, of what you were going through and what's going on with you and what's happening to your what's happening to your uh, your people. So when you feel things coming up, there's a conflict in that relationship. There's awkwardness. There's emotions. These are opportunities to see that something is leaving you. That old pattern is wanting to come out. 
yet we have these plethora of emotions. So we often will fight those, those patterns away or hang on to them. And so spirituality in business to me is essential because it allows you to be able to manage the emotional highs and lows from a place of integrity and not a place of reaction. And when we get into reaction, that's when we harm our, that's when we harm the relationships and things can become kind of difficult or challenging. And so you want to be able to have a path that allows you to step more fully into your full self-expression. And we consider that the spiritual path. It's it, like I said before, it's, um, it's, um, you know, personal growth on steroids. It's, it's actually spiritual growth on steroids and understanding who you are, what you stand for and the stories that you're telling inside your mind, those need to start to change as an entrepreneur, the stories you talk about yourself, the stories that you're saying about people, they need to become more empowered stories that allow you to move through the challenges of relationships more smoothly. The more better your people skills, the better your ability to manage your own emotional state to act as opposed to react is the better the is the better leader that you're going to be and to be able to produce the outcomes you want to produce. I, I love that. Uh, so I'm by nature, I'm not particularly spirituality. I, I see myself as an extremely logical human being and all this stuff I don't see is, you know, I, I, I sometimes have difficulty comprehending. Uh, one thing I would say based on what you just said is that I've always, I, I've always been an extremely happy human being. All right. And uh, m- most people, some people even find it annoying that I'm always so happy kind of thing, but I, I've, like it's so easy for me to tell people, you know, just be happy about it. But I get the fact that it's not so easy for them to do, but I've just, I've never been in a state. Like I, I don't remember at least a state where I wasn't uh, a happy human being. Right. So it's hard for me to relate to. I, I totally get what you're saying in terms of like, you're reflecting what you see. Cause so often I have people like, Oh yeah, humans in the world are horrible things. And, you know, don't talk to strangers cause you know, terrible things will happen. And my view in life is a total opposite. It's like, you know, right. talk to as many people as you possibly can, because the more people you talk to, the more amazing people you find that will change your life and, you know, all this sort of thing. But I can totally see what you're saying in terms of the relation and, you know, how they attract people that kind of, yeah, if if they have a if they have the wrong vibe, they attract people with that vibe and end up right. in a less than a good place, right? And I think I think the biggest thing I, I really would like your listeners and viewers to take away is to really start to ask yourself relationships are assignments. So, you know, whether it's that like we recently bought a house and we had a frustrating relationship with our landlord. Now the landlord lived 1500 miles away and we took really great care of their place, but she was she was someone that liked to be in control and was, was blaming, very blaming and tried to control you in the conversation. And it was amazing how difficult this relationship was for someone who has a lot of people skills. And so I, I really had to look at, okay, so this, this, is, this, is for, this is for my growth. This relationship is doing something for me. And the more you can start to see, okay, I have been given an assignment with this difficult person. Uh, and is that for me to cultivate more patience, for me to cultivate better leadership, better listening? What is it that this relationship, why is it in my life and how is it shaping me as a better leader? If you can start to look at everything that you're doing as that and every relationship is an assignment, then it can be to, you, you can soften the grip, especially when things like anger and discomfort 
awkwardness is showing up in the space, heartbreak, disappointment. Um, those things are part of the human experience. And it's a part of uh, part of what you experience in management and leading. And, and so understanding that it's not about them, this puts you in the, this puts you in complete total responsibility for self. And, and it allows you to go, okay, what am I here to learn? What am I, how am I here to grow? And this person, even though my interaction with them may not be what I would choose it to be, what it is is ultimate for my, per, my for my own growth. And how can I how can I see what that piece is and use this use this relationship and this story to reframe my own ability to lead and 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 be a better person. That's actually it's interesting you say that. So I think that the number one thing that have caused my happiness is I mean by by nature I'm very independent human being, right? But I I 100% believe that anything that happens around me is up to me, right? Which means right. that, you know, I'm responsible for everything. Like if I'm in a traffic accident, even though someone else drives into me, effectively, I'm the one that chose to be at that point, uh, at that place of the road at that point in time. So even though that it technically might be someone else's fault, in the end of the day, I have I bear the responsibility for being at that point in that time. And I think that's, for, for me, it's like, I've spent a lot of time trying to analyze over the years where my happiness come from. And right. I think I think that's it because it is so easy in life to blame something else, to blame someone else for anything. But, but the problem is the only thing that shows you is that you're not in control. And as a human being, you feeling you're not in control is not very cool because then you start with all the insecurities and all the right. oh you know what's going to happen what's going to happen and i can't control it and so on so you basically end up going down a road that only leads to unhappiness whereas if you take full responsibility you know if you actually live and breathe that on a daily basis like stuff happens but like anything that i experience even things that i would think of as negative things I still look at very positively because in the end of the day, I've chosen to be there. Right. right. And all, all people go through horrible things. I mean, I've lost my parents. I've uh, lots of not nice things have happened, but I would much rather be happy for having them in the first place. And, and the great memories and the great life I've had with them than sitting down, spending, you know, half, half a year, a year of my life sitting, being sad that they're no longer there because one, it's not going to help me. It's not going to help people around me. And they certainly wouldn't want me to sit around being sad for the sake of that, right? Right. So I, I think that like that ownership and that that sort of, it's not just control, right? It's not just about being a control freak per se, but it's really understanding that you can influence the world around you much more than you think. Right. Well, and I think that, I think that you're demonstrating the art of fulfillment. You know, there's two worlds. There's the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And I think a lot of people on the entrepreneur side, on the on the leadership side, the management side, it's yeah, a lot of it is, you know, okay, I'm going to get it done. And you know how to check the list off and you know how to organize your day and to be productive and you're and you value that. But if you don't under if you're not able to back off of that to create space for you to create the art of fulfillment and understand how the mind is creating emotions and creating an operating system that either allows you to thrive or, 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 or fail emotionally in the world. Um, you know, so you intuitively Mads are, are, are showing and demonstrating 
the art of fulfillment. And I think what that ultimately comes down to is you come down to a spiritual principle of that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm basically going to be okay. And, and when you start to see that the world is a friendly place, that there's good people, you stop watching the news. You got to realize the things that are being fed into our head are being fed there for a reason. Uh, and so be very discerning on what you allow in your mind so that your, your, your operating system is coming from a place of truth and not a place of where you've been influenced to think a certain way, especially when you've been influenced to think about things that are fearful. And because yep. I just don't feel that we have a fearful world. But if you watch the news, you watch Netflix, if you're if you pay attention to those things, they'll tell you that the world is coming to an end. That, that's probably a good thing. So I, I pretty much haven't owned a TV since I was 15 years old. I, uh, that's right. I, that, that might be one of the things that will help me significantly. But I so, so I, I moved away from home when I was 15, right, pretty early. But what, what happened was, I, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I'll buy a TV. You know, I need to save up a bit of money, then I'll buy a TV. But after a couple of months, I kind of realized, oh, I haven't watched TV for a few months. And, you know, I'm actually good. I don't need the TV. And I, since then, I haven't really watched much TV, right? So that, that might be part of why people have the fear. But I, I see it so often, you know, like, I mean, I travel a lot. Often I stand in an airport with someone I'm familiar with and, you know, something happened, a flight is delayed or something and they freak out. Like, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What if we don't get it? And, you know, they have this emotional reaction. I'm like, well, you know, if we get there and we can't get the next plane, you know, then we'll figure out what happens next. But like us panicking about it is definitely not going to help anything whatsoever. Right. So, so people have all these, all like, again, I look at the world very rationally, right? So they have all these rational, emotional responses to things where they feel like they don't know what's happening or they're not in charge. Whereas, you know, I, I, I can look at those situations. I could be like, yeah, you know, sometimes life sucks and, you know, but we're here and we're going to go here. So, you know, we just, we need to figure out what's the path to get there. It, that reminds me of when I when I was in college, I was getting into uh, personal development and they had that was when they had all the cassette tapes and you would order from Nightingale Conan. So I'm dating myself to the 80s child that I was so late 80s, early 90s. And um, I ordered a Brian Tracy um, program. And in that he tells a story of when him and some friends, I believe it was down in Mexico and they were driving and you get to this place to where there's a barrel on the road. And that's all you can see is that barrel. And you, so you're just driving in that direction and keeping that barrel in your rear view mirror. And you had no idea really where you were going. You were just going that way. And just about as the barrel would get too small to see in your rear view mirror, it would emerge in front of you. And they would, they traveled hundreds of miles like this. And it really is a great metaphor running a business and especially in times of uncertainty is just look at, just find the barrel and just go to that next step. And that, and that once that step is achieved, the next step will be revealed. But if you're caught up in internal chaos of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How's this going to be handled and worry because you can't see the barrel in front of you yet, then you're not able to see the signs that tell you where the barrel's at because you're caught up in this. And, and so that's a form of lack of control because you're freaking out. And so the more you can just really manage your state and understand that something is unfolding and be clear of what is unfolding, you're seeing you're being nudged in directions that are really miraculous. The ability to influence more people, impact more lives, step more fully into your gifts. 
These are the things that business owners really should be looking at their life as, 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 a, as a, a form of art. And as an entrepreneur, you're, you're putting out art into the world. You're creating something. Uh, and part of what you're creating is your experience. And so often, man, as we see entrepreneurs and leaders creating a life where they're not happy, they're in turmoil, they're in stress, they're overwhelmed. And that is not a way to lead. There's a better way. And when you can find a way of leading from this inner, this inner solace, this inner, um, you know, awakening, now you've created something that allows everyone else around you to awaken as well. And just as you're talking, like I, I started thinking about, uh, I started thinking about public speaking, right? Like I, I absolutely love speaking. I no problem, even though I'm shy. Like sometimes if if I'm having to walk up and talk to one person, you know, I can struggle with that, and I need to kick my own ass sometime to do it. Or walking up on a stage in front of a couple of thousand people—that's not an issue for me, right? That's great. That's great. Now. The key thing is I feel so calm before I walk on the stage because I know it's going to be all right. Like I, I can do speeches that I've prepared for months and I can do speeches where, like I've done it a couple of times at conferences, you know, where they have had a speaker cancel. Uh, right. They literally like, you know, can you speak in five minutes? And I'm like, for an hour? And they're like, yeah, please. Right. And I, I, I have no problem doing it. Like I, I, I've walked on stage multiple times having no idea what I was going to talk about. But just knowing that everything is going to be okay, knowing that it will work out, like, you know, that just the confidence you have to do that, uh, that that makes it so much easier because most of the time you trip yourself up, right? And I, I see that, like, I've coached a lot of people that start talking publicly and they're often so caught up in what they're supposed to say. And when they say the wrong word, they're like, oh, oh, uh, they, they kind of get confused themselves, Right. right. And they end up in a situation where like no one actually realized they make a, made a mistake except them. And because they made a mistake, what they had planned to say, you know, suddenly they're just out of whack and it's obvious that they're just not, they're not there. Right. 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 So interesting. Well, Mark, that was a, that was a very interesting conversation. Um, I think, I think just the last thing to touch on a little bit, like, uh, often in business, right, and particularly working with a lot of entrepreneurs, we see a lot of sort of ego and we see a lot of sort of, yeah, ego slash self-doubt. And you see a lot of these people who often come across in a difficult manner, uh, at least from my personal experience, right, where, where people often feel they have to be something they might not be or they're, they're trying to be something they're not. So what, what sort of your experience and sort of dealing with that and, and even dealing with yourself in that situation? I mean, because right. reality is many of us have those challenges. Right. Well, for those of us that have had difficult people in our life, whether they're parents or siblings or spouses or ex-spouses or whatever, you learn, you learn how to, you learn how to get better at dealing with conflict. Uh, and I think when, when someone says the ego to me, what I'm seeing is that they're locked up in an identity of who they think they are, that often is not who they are, all right? So their mind, the mind, the ego is a byproduct of our thinking. Uh, and it's always something that puts, puts yourself first. So it's pretty arrogant. It's, um, it's not aware. It doesn't think about other people. It thinks about what it's gonna lose. And it, it wants you to come from that thinking of fear. So when you can really start to see that other people are coming from that place, 
uh, it allows you to drop into something a little bit, um, a little bit more empowering. Uh, so there's, there's kind of these rhythms and I'm real big on patterns, Mads. So there's like patterns that we go through. You wake up during your day, you brush your teeth, you go through your morning routine. Uh, even the way, even the way I shower, you know, I'm going to wash my hair first and then I'm going to soap up my body and then I'm going to rinse my body. And there's a rhythm in how we do things. Uh, there's a back and forth in and out rhythm of our day where you're on the outside, you're doing what needs to be done. But then there's those moments where you go inward and you begin to get in touch with your hopes and your dreams and very often the frustrations, the things that aren't working. And when you grab onto those things that aren't working, you realize that you need help and support from other people and experts that can really give you direction and clarity. Big Impact HQ was really created for the frustrated woman leader who loves to communicate, who loves to speak. And when you look at the distinctions, the small subtleties that when you move, the words that you use, the pauses that you make, the things that you do that pull people in, it's really a, it's, it's really a big step in helping you understand how you manage people because now you're really in charge of you. And that I think is the biggest thing uh, that skills that entrepreneurs need is the ability to manage their own state, their ability, because you're going to push my buttons at some point in time in our relationship, man's there's going to be something in you that rubs up against me. That's the purpose of a relationship, right? So we're, we're, we're polishing each other's diamonds. And sometimes that can be painful and uncomfortable. But when you, when you really see that that's what a relationship is for, you're not so tied into the, to things happening the way that you think they need to happen. So you can, you can, you can give a little more space and allow people to, to be felt and be seen. I have a, a men's circle that I, uh, that I created here in Austin, Texas with my friend Oliver. It's called Gents, Gentlemen, Entrepreneurs, and Executives Net Networking Together Socially. And we get together twice a month. Once a month, we get together with our, uh, with our blazers on and we go out and we have a nice cocktail and dinner and discussion uh, over dinner. And then <clears throat> once a month, we meet around a fire. It's called our primal fire. And last night, we had our primal fire. And it's amazing how when you have a container, and this is a, this is a leadership container, and when you have a container, how it helps people be able to build safety and trust and addressing the issues between people. And so like, when I say container, what I mean is, I mean like an energy, it's all based on agreement. Agreement frames, I think, are one of the biggest tools that entrepreneurs and managers need to leave is when someone says, I agree with you, we're on the same page, and they proclaim they're going to do, say, or execute something, and they proclaim that out loud, and they lock it in with an agreement, <clears throat> it's so much of our conditioning to, to be who we say we're going to be. And so we have five rules and five standards. And we also move in these standards in our business as well. You know, So the five rules are be on time. Uh, electronics off when we're having a meeting, no intoxicating substances in you or on you, own your safety and leave people better than when you found them. And then the, the, the standards are confidentiality, meaning like what happens in this circle and what happens here is just between us. That confidentiality is critical for people to feel safe so that they can get vulnerable and share. Uh, then it's uh, tell the truth, just, just be honest, tell the truth and then be your word. And that's one of the biggest challenges that I see that people have is that when you are working with an employee and you are managing them, you are asking them to step into and proclaim things they're going to do, to be productive, all right? 
And if they say they're going to do something and they don't do it, your job is to hold them accountable to it. And it's amazing how many people want to wiggle out of their accountabilities. So our circle, it's pretty simple, you know, like, so then the, then there's like, so there's be your word, um, trust the men and leave no trace. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, lean into your edge. So the five standards are confidentiality, tell the truth, be your word, trust, trust the men and lean into your edge. All right. So those five rules and five standards, the, our job is to communicate to each other in the, in this men's circle so that we are, we see in ourselves when we are not living those five rules and five standards in the circle. And so what, what I, I'm just bringing that up because it, it creates an environment where problems are solved in a, in a more conscious fashion rather than in a reactive fashion. And the men are loving it. They're getting so much meaning out of it. And so I want to encourage your listeners to really look at how can I create some agreements? It doesn't have to be five rules and five standards, but what are the agreements that you can get people to, to say to? And then you have the ability to hold them accountable to that agreement. Agreement frames, I think, are one of the best things of dealing with ego, dealing with people who are difficult, uh, and moving the needle on getting them to take a, a specific action or direction. Interesting. Very good. Very good, Mark. I uh, I love listening to a guy called Dr. Robert Glover, uh, who wrote a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. So he, I've had some very interesting times listening to some of his stuff, and he talks some of, some of his stuff is in that direction as well. All right, uh, and I think I think it's I, I see a lot of people that are not comfortable being themselves, right, and I see. Right. I see exactly what you say. I see this ego where to me, a lot of the time, it just feels like they're trying to compensate for something, right? right? Like it seems like they're trying to either be something they're not, or it, it looks, it looks on people like they're not comfortable being themselves. All right? right. I think when you're, when I'm around the people I enjoy the most, it's not necessarily the smartest people or the best looking people or whatever, but it's, it's people that are comfortable being themselves right yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean they're crazily successful or something but it just means that they're willing to stand up for who they are they're willing to talk about the things they they want to talk about and that they're, they're not a, they're not afraid to say what they believe right? right well said and that that takes conviction and it's a rare person who can honestly i think it's a rare person who can do that i i think the biggest challenge for us is that there's so many when you look at society all around us, there's so many ideals of what people should be. There's so right. many ideals of how you should live. And I, like, I've, I've, I've had to grow, break through a lot of that myself, right? So I moved right. away from home when I was early. I moved away from my country of birth when I was 18. I've, you know, I've, I've quit an education uh, before it finished. And everyone's like, no, you know, with no education life, it's going to be the most horrible thing in the world. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done so many things that is against sort of pop, pop culture, if you will. Uh, and and I, I think like every time you, you break through some of those barriers and, and you learn to, to do the things that, that you want to do, I think you, you, you take that steps towards trusting yourself more. I, I think fundamentally for me, it's about confidence. And most people confuse confidence because they think it's something you have to show other people that you are. And I think a right. lot of ego come from that. It's kind of people like trying to like, hey, you know, I'm this guy and I'm this guy, right? But, but really for me, confidence is showing yourself. 
right? Like when, when you're making choices in life, confidence is showing yourself, I made this choice and I'm going to follow through with it. So the same thing, right? Most of the time when I see people and they say, oh yeah, I've been smoking, you know, I'm going to stop smoking tomorrow. You, you know, most people uh, just by the, the sheer confidence, you can actually see if they're going to do it or not. Like some right. people can literally do it like this. And some people just keep making excuses for the rest of their life. And it's typically people who are not very confident, right? And, and right. confident is not, confident is not as difficult, but most people in the planet struggles with it. But it's, it's not that difficult showing yourself, you know, I say I'm going to lose weight, so I'm going to do it, all right? It's easy to say things, but actually doing it and showing yourself you can do it is definitely harder. But right. it doesn't need to, like, you doesn't need to show yourself that you're a millionaire. Like, that doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you more confident. But it's even the small things, like, fundamentally, do you trust yourself? When, right. when Mark says, I'm going to do this thing, are you going to go do it? And when you can build that, when you can build that personal trust, I, I think, I think, you know, in marketing, marketing, as you mentioned something about, you know, we've been kind of conditioned to be a certain way and all these different identities on how you're supposed to live. And that's the fault of marketing. I mean, we are a consumer society and we walk around with Nike hats and Puma shirts and all these different brands that uh, say, this is who I am. You know, yesterday um, at our fire, there was a guy who had a, a really cool shirt that was an Under Armour shirt. And, you know, I'm like, I even envisioned wearing it and see, so these just become the way we think. And so marketing for years is like, this is how you're supposed to look. This is what you're supposed to believe. This is how you're supposed to talk. This is this. And, and what that breeds is it breeds self-doubt and it breeds for, it breeds underneath everything, even for the confident people. If you start to struggle and you're having a hard time breaking through a plateau, two things begin to happen. Self-doubt seeds in and you either make yourself wrong or you make other people wrong. And you start throwing blame because when things don't work work and they get hard, we want to blame. And part of, part of that stems from just the overall underlying belief. And I've seen this from amazing people, but under, underneath it all, there's a belief pushing us that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough entrepreneur. I'm not a good enough manager. I'm not a good enough marketer. I'm not a good enough speaker. Uh, and I have to get better. And that fundamentally broken operating system is what's creating the biggest challenges today. So learning how, and I mean, and as a manager, if you can see your job is to pull people into confidence, to work on them, to develop people, developing them to become their best, their own self, the, the highest level of their own self-expression. Uh, now you're serving the planet through your work by helping these people become better people, better leaders and duplicating yourself as a leader. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things I love doing is understanding how far you need to pull different people. So like sometimes, particularly when I have brand new people starting in, in one of my businesses, right? Like some people you need to give small, small steps. Like some people need small wins initially and some people you can give much bigger project, much bigger challenges because that's what they need, right? So one of the biggest things that I focus on is, is trying to give people appropriate challenges to their personality and, and to where they are today in terms of confidence and, and skill sets and all this, right? So, because I think sometimes the, the problem is if you have someone that's super unconfident and you give them a huge challenge and they are not achieving it for whatever reason, you know, 
if they're already not confident, they can break their neck. All right. So, so it's really important to know how far and how big projects I think you can, you can give people. And because your goal is to see them succeed, right? Like that's how your company succeeds. So you, you need to find ways to, to, to even if you're giving, even if you have bigger projects, like breaking it up a little bit and even making it smaller steps if needed, right? So I think that's very in tuning into what people are capable of and understanding their scope, I think is critical. And I think looking at yourself as a developer of talent, a developer of people, um, pulling out, helping people, you know, a good leader is gonna is gonna create a space where people can talk about their problems. And uh, they, they need to be able to feel like they can come to you and tell you what's going on with them. If they can't be honest with you as their, as their manager or their leader about what's going on in their life, where they're having their own shortcomings, their own self-doubts, then you're never going to get the best out of that person. You've got you've to cultivate this relationship of you being a coach uh, and you helping them discover that within themselves that they desire the most. Help them find what they need to feel confident and self-assured. And you're going to have a great long-term employee that's 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 solid and and loyal. Definitely, Mark. That was a fantastic discussion. If people are great. eager to get hold of you, what's the best way? Thank you for asking. The uh, best way to do it is to really get clarity. What I think is the biggest challenge for a leader is to have a sense of clarity about where you're at and what you do well. We talked a little bit about that. So. We have created a series of speaker blueprints. This is an assessment that allows you to find your, your, um, your sweet spot, your genius zone as a speaker and a leader. So you might be a motivator or maybe you're more the professor or an orator or, uh, you know, so uh, we've got a variety of those over at speakerblueprints.com. That's speakerblueprints.com. I would encourage you to go over there, fill that out. You're going to get so much that you're taking away from that on how to lead meetings, how to really be seen uh, as a leader, how to move your business forward, uh, and really be the forefront of what it is you're trying to create in the world. And then that puts you into the world of Big Impact HQ, and we can begin to share the things that really are shaping the planet. Uh, make a difference with your business. That's my biggest thing, is really look at your business. It should be able to make you millions, and at the same time, it should do something really better than making money. It needs to make the world a better place. So we encourage that with all of our all of our clients to go out there and use your business for good. Awesome. Love it, Mark. Thank you very much for joining me today. It was awesome having you. Great. Thanks for having me, Nant. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you for staying with us all the way to the end. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.